0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: The Lord corrects us and disciplines us because we are His children and He loves us. If we didn't belong to the Lord and He didn't love us, He would just let us do whatever we want without any kind of conviction, without any kind of hindrance or anything like that. He would just allow us to go on because we don't belong to Him, but we do belong to the fact that He chastens us and corrects us and convicts us by the Holy Spirit when we sin, that is evidence to us that we are His children and that He loves us.
0: Why do you discipline your children? Because you like confrontation and you enjoy scolding them? No, you tell them when they're wrong so that they'll know what's right. You discipline them because you love them. Today Pastor Dan reminds us that just as we chasten our children, God also chastens us. He admonishes us so that we can better understand the full extent of His character. You won't always know what's best, so it's a good thing you have a Heavenly Father who does. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Just as a reminder, just to give you the context of where we are in Jeremiah, the Babylonians invaded the land of Judah and the city of Jerusalem on three separate occasions, and with each invasion, they took captives, they took spoils with them back to to Babylon, and so uh, the deportation to Babylon happened in three separate waves, and so some of the people of Judah have already been carried off to Babylon at this point. Uh, In chapter 29 now, Jeremiah the prophet wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the captives in Babylon. And then, actually the chapter is going to have a couple letters in it. There's going to be a letter that's going to be written back from Babylon to Jerusalem in response to Jeremiah. And then Jeremiah is going to send a second letter from Jerusalem back to Babylon. Uh, So there's going to be three letters in total here in chapter 29. And so, Jeremiah the prophet, he is in Jerusalem. He's ministering to the people in Jerusalem and the people in Judah. Uh, But he's also ministering to those who were carried away in the captivity. He's not going to minister to them in person. God will send other prophets into Babylon to minister to the people in person. He'll send Ezekiel, he'll send Daniel, for example, to Babylon. Uh, but Jeremiah, he doesn't go to Babylon, but he still ministers to those in exile through a letter. He writes a letter to them, uh, which I think just reminds us that uh, even if you can't see someone face to face and minister to them in person, you can still write them a letter or an email or a text message and minister to them that way. That's what Jeremiah does. Uh, in verse one, it says, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah, the prophet sent From Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. This happened after Jeconiah, the king, the queen mother, the eunuchs, the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen and the smiths had departed from Jerusalem. And so Nebuchadnezzar carried away. The leaders of the nation of Judah, they're mentioned there in verse 1. The priests, the prophets, as well as the craftsmen, uh, the smiths, the princes. They're all carried away. He carries away the leaders. He carries away the craftsmen. He carries away the smiths. And we talked about this in a previous study when this took place. He does that. He carries away the leaders and he carries away the craftsmen to disable the nation. So that the nation, because they don't have leaders, they don't have craftsmen, now uh, it would be difficult for them to rebel against the Babylonians. And so he writes this letter. This letter is for all the people of Judah who are in the captivity. But it's addressed to the elders of the nation, the leaders in particular. And the letter, verse 3, was sent by the hand of Elisa, the son of Shaphan and Gemirah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon, to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Zedekiah, remember, he's the last king of Judah before Judah is completely conquered and Jerusalem is destroyed. So he's the final king. And these men that are mentioned here, these were diplomats for King Zedekiah, uh, who were sent by the king to Babylon as ambassadors for Judah, for the king Zedekiah, to go to Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. So they traveled to Babylon on behalf of the king Zedekiah. And Jeremiah apparently asked them to deliver this letter for him in Babylon. And so, just interesting here, they traveled as ambassadors for an earthly king, yet they are carrying a message from the king of kings to the people that are in Babylon. You know, you and I carry a message from the king of kings to the people of this world. You know, we carry the gospel. uh, And so we are ambassadors for Christ in this world. And we we carry the message from our king to the people of this world. And so they take this letter. They make that long journey from Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. And then here is the letter in verse 4. Here's what the letter said. Thus says the Lord of hosts. And notice the Lord is in all capital letters in your Bible. It's Yahweh. Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel. To all who were carried away captive, notice what it says, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. So the Jewish people that were in Babylon, they are in Babylon in captivity. By the will of God, the Lord says, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem. So, you know, the Lord here wants to make it clear to those that are in captivity that this was his doing. This was his will. This was not some political misfortune or anything like that. The Lord caused them to be carried away and the Lord was disciplining them. We know that from other chapters. He's disciplining his people. He's disciplining them because of their idolatry. He's disciplining them because of their rebellion against Him. And they refuse to repent of their sin, even though the Lord sent messengers to them trying to plead with them to repent or they were going to suffer consequences if they didn't repent. And they ignored those warnings. And so now God has disciplined them. And the discipline is He sends them into captivity in Babylon. They have turned from the Lord to idols. And so what the Lord does is He sends them to Babylon, which was a nation that was just filled with idolatry. that was wholly given over to idolatry. It's as if the Lord said, okay, if you want idols, I'm going to give you idols until you're sick of them. And that's why He sent them into Babylon. And sometimes He does that with us as a form of discipline. He gives us what we want in spades. He gives us what we demand until it's coming out our ears so that we get sick of it. And so that we get to the point where we say, I don't want to have anything to do with that ever again. I don't ever want to touch that stuff again. And so he's disciplining them. I just want to read a, a passage for you out of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. There it says, For whom the Lord loves, He chastens and scourges every son whom He receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons or as with his child. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed, are earthly fathers, they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. That's the purpose of chastening. To make us holy. To purify us. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So here we're told that the Lord corrects, the Lord chastens or disciplines those whom he loves, just as a parent corrects his child's behavior because he loves the child. Not correcting the child would be unloving. It would be unloving to just allow a child to behave however they want to behave and do whatever they want to do. That would be the unloving thing to do. The Lord corrects us and disciplines us because we are His children and He loves us. If we didn't belong to the Lord and He didn't love us, He would just let us do whatever we want without any kind of conviction, without any kind of hindrance or anything like that. He would just allow us to go on because we don't belong to him, but we do belong to him. And the fact that he chastens us and corrects us and convicts us by the Holy Spirit when we sin—that is evidence to us that we are His children and that He loves us. And He tells us there in Hebrews twelve that the chastening—it's—it's it's not pleasant, it's painful, but it's fruitful. It, it yields holiness in our lives. It yields righteousness in our lives. It gets us on the straight and narrow, right? You know, before I was afflicted, I went astray, it says in the Psalms. But now that I'm afflicted, I'm on the right path again. And so the Lord here, he's chastening the children of Israel, the the people of Judah, by sending them into captivity. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now he goes on in the letter in verse 5. He says, build houses and dwell in them. Again, he's writing to people that are in Babylon. And he opens the letter by the Lord saying, I've caused this. I've caused you to be carried away. This is my doing. This is my will. Now in verse 5, he says, Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and begat sons and daughters. And take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive. And pray to the Lord for it. Pray to Yahweh for that city. For in its peace, you will have peace. Now we saw in the previous chapters that the false prophets were giving the people false hopes. The false prophets were saying to the people that you're going to be in Babylon a very short time. No need to settle down. No need to put down roots. You're going to be there a very short time. In fact, we saw in the last chapter, chapter 28, verse 3, That one false prophet in particular said that the captivity will last no more than two years. That they will be in Babylon for no more than two years. And then they'll all return back to Judah along with all of the spoils that the Babylonians took from Jerusalem. And they're all going to come back. And of course you can imagine the people that are in Babylon, they didn't want to be in Babylon. They wanted to be back home in Judah and in Jerusalem. And so what these false prophets were saying... It agreed with what they wanted. It agreed with the desire of their own hearts. And so they believed those false prophets. Because it sounded good to them. And quite often, the reason why false teachers are so popular is because false teachers are saying what people want to hear. And false teachers are promoting what agrees with people's hearts. And I'm, I'm going to be wealthy. I'm going to be prosperous. I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to be a super whatever, you know. Yes, I want that. That sounds great. And they're just, they're just preaching to the desire of man's heart. And that's what these false prophets were doing. They were preaching to the desires of the people that were in Babylon. They didn't want to be in Babylon. They wanted to be back home. And these false teachers are saying, you're going to go home. It's not going to be long now. Uh, and so what happened is, because of these false teachers telling the people they're going to be there a short time, Uh, You're not going to be in Babylon very long. There's no need to settle down. There's no need to put down roots and plan on staying long. And so the the people didn't. They didn't prepare for staying there. I I was reading uh, about uh, the Jamestown Settlement. You guys remember the Jamestown Settlement from like middle school social studies Uh, in 1607? In Virginia, I was reading that the Virginia company that started the Jamestown Settlement to entice people to go from England to the New World, to Virginia, they used false advertising. They told people in England that there is gold just laying on the ground in Virginia. You don't even have to dig for it. And that you can get rich if you go to Virginia, because there's just gold everywhere. And so people signed up to go. And they came over to Virginia thinking, I'll just be there a short time. I'll collect my gold, fill my bags with gold, and then I'll return back to England. Of course, you've been to Virginia. There's no gold there, right? Well, of the 214 people that came in the original settlement to Jamestown, eight months later, there's only 60 of them living. Most of them died off because they didn't bother to build a house. They didn't bother to plant crops. Because they weren't planning on staying there very long. Well, it's kind of the same thing here with the people in Babylon. And here the Lord tells them he says to them, go ahead and settle down. Go ahead and build houses, he says in verse 5. Build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens. Eat the fruit. Take wives. Begot sons and daughters. Get, get married. He says here, you know, settle down. Build houses. Get married. Have kids. Start a family. You're going to be here a while, is the idea. In fact, here when he says in verse 5, Plant gardens. The word for gardens there, it, it, it means orchards. Orchards. Think about an orchard. He's not telling them plant some tomato plants and in eight weeks you're going to have nice tomatoes. He's saying plant an orchard. Plant some apple trees that are going to take eight years before you have any apples on them, or plant some olive trees that are going to take 10 years before you have any olives from them because you're going to be there for a while. Get married, have a family. Look what he says here at the end of the verse. He says, get married, have kids, so that you may increase there and not diminish. Uh, Again, the mindset for those people that were there is, we're not going to be here long. So we'll just wait to get married. We'll wait till we get back to Judah. We'll wait till we get back to Jerusalem. We'll wait to have kids. We're going to put off having kids for a couple years. When we get back to Jerusalem, then we'll have kids. And he says here... Go ahead and get married. Start having your kids now because you're going to be here for a while so that you may increase in number and not dwindle down in number and disappear. And why is God so concerned about them not just disappearing so that they would continue on as a nation? Because the Messiah is going to come from that nation. The Savior of the world is going to come from the Jewish people. So it's important that they continue on as a people so that all the prophecies about the Messiah can be fulfilled and that they don't just cease to exist as a people. So that brings us to verse 7 here. And he says, And seek the peace of the city where I have caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have He's, he says, seek for the peace of the city in which you are dwelling in Babylon. Don't, don't just hope for the peace of that city. Seek the peace of that city. It's, that's an active thing he's describing. E- even though they, they were foreigners in Babylon, even though they were strangers in a strange land, they were to seek the peace of the city where they dwelt in Babylon. Babylon. They were to do good in their community. They were to be good neighbors to the Babylonians. They were to seek peace, just like us. Right? We're foreigners in this world. Heaven is our home. We're strangers in a strange land. And yet, we should seek the peace of our city. You know, We should be good neighbors. We should be good people in the community. And most of all, we should be sharing the gospel, right? The gospel of peace, Because the gospel is the thing that transforms a person's life and will transform a community and a town and a city. And so we should share the gospel with people in our city, because that's what's going to bring real change and real peace into our city. Uh, Romans chapter 10, it says, how beautiful are the feet of them who preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel is the gospel of peace. Peace And it brings peace to people. Peace with God. Peace from God. It makes for a peaceful town. A peaceful city. When the gospel has, has taken a hold on a town. Upon a people. And look at what he says also. Jeremiah says that the people should pray. Pray to the Lord for the peace of the city. Again, even though they're in exile in Babylon. Even though they're being chastened by the Lord, they can still pray. God hasn't forsaken them. God hasn't completely cut them off. Yes, He's disciplining them, but they they still have access to God. They can still pray. And He says, pray for the peace of that city. The city in which they dwell. Again, just we should pray for the peace of our city. Whatever town you live in, pray for the peace of that town. You know, pray for the peace of Baltimore and pray for the peace of Washington. All of our surrounding towns, wherever you may live. He says here, and here's why. It's, it's, for, it's for your own benefit. It's for your own good. Because in its peace is your peace. In its peace is your peace. The, the NIV says, if it prospers, you will prosper also. So again, it's to our benefit if there's peace in our city. At this point, those that were in captivity in Babylon, they weren't really cooperating with the Babylonians. They were resisting. They were bad guests in the country. They were bad people in the town. They were causing trouble. And here the Lord is saying, seek the peace of the city, for in its peace is your peace. If it prospers, you will prosper. You're going to benefit from there being peace in that city. So quit causing trouble, in other words. Uh, and live peacefully in your town. You know, it talks about in the New Testament, we see several passages that have a similar command to us. I'll just read one to you out of 1 Timothy chapter 2. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all who are in authority. So we're to pray for those that are in authority, for elected officials, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So we should pray for our leaders so that that we can live a peaceful life. Just a peaceful life where where nobody's troubling us. We're, We're just kind of free to do our own thing and worship Jesus, and we're not getting hassled by the government or anything like that. And that's what he tells the, them to do in Babylon. Just, just pray for the peace of the city you're in, and the peace of that city means peace for you. He asked me how I know, and I say, truer than the finest crystal.
0: We're so glad you joined us today on Ring of Truth as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the Book of Jeremiah. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Dan please visit our website at calvaryec.com. You can listen to and download a wide range of previous broadcasts or simply subscribe to our podcast. Sometimes life can get busy, and between work, school, family, and all of our other obligations, it's hard to find time to dig deeper into the Bible for ourselves. At Ring of Truth, we've tried to make it a bit easier for you. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you go This way you'll have encouragement from God's word throughout the day you'll find a link to subscribe at our website calvaryec.com or just search for Ring of Truth on iTunes We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life so please let us know by giving us a call at 410, 410- that number again is 410-491-4592 when you call please feel free to share any prayer requests that are on your heart we'd be happy to pray with and for you we also appreciate your prayers for this radio ministry please tune in next time as Pastor Dan continues teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Jeremiah right here on Ring of Truth See the signs and I recognize her.